Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continue to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the Mortgage Matters show. I got Dan Podesto in here. Howdy. And uh, yeah, we got uh, Steve Del Martini's coming in for the middle hour. So All this right. is the this is the donut portion this of the show. It's going to be a great show today. I'm going to build it around that middle. There it is. Yeah, pretty excited Steve always about it. has a good time. Yeah. Um, and dang, wouldn't you know it, it's September, it's wild, I can't believe it's already September, have you had your first, September 7th, yeah, have you had your first pumpkin spice latte yet? Uh, Actually, I have. (laughs) I thought I was just stabbing in the dark, you really had a pumpkin spice latte? Did you get it with whip or nah? No, I, I had it without, yeah, yeah, I know, it's a little bit early. You know, this is a controversy this year is why are we having pumpkin spice lattes so soon? But, yeah. So it's fall for you. Uh, somewhat. You put your Uggs on. He put, yeah. Jim put his Uggs on. He grabbed a PSL. Yeah. I have to say PSL. that, you know, I, I, <laughs> not to give any plugs out, but I happened to go to Vons and Grover the other day. And they got a Starbucks in there. They got a Starbucks in there, and they had the sign up pumpkin spice latte. And, and you're I'm like, like, yeah, I'm gonna have to stop down. Apparently, I want, I want that soul yeah. hug of fall with my PSL. Yeah, I know. And you didn't have Uggs on? No. All right. Crazy. Next time. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Just the PSL. Have you ever even had one? I've never had a PSL. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. rarely. I but don't, I get I, it. Hey, I get hey, it. There's things in life very, that you're embarrassed to admit that you very do. Good, or dude, I've had one. Whatever, and you're like, but it's just so darn good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, they are good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed to say that I've had one before, and I'll probably have one this year. Yeah. All I right. probably will. Good. All right. I might. Yeah. If the opportunity presented itself, I might. Um, you know, usually I just drink coffee black. Yeah. But every now and again, like if you're like, Heading to the Starbucks and it's like that, just wanted that taste of that like Thanksgiving dessert in your mouth with some caffeine. There it is. Yeah. little PSL. Yeah. Crazy. Did you get a venti? I did. <laughs> yeah. Did you get it with whipped cream? No, no whipped cream. Skip <laughs> no, the whip. Skip the no whip. whip. PSL, yeah. no whip, baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> venti, hot. extra hot. Hot. Get it extra hot. Yeah. It's better that way. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, gotta, otherwise gotta it'll congeal and separate quicker. Yeah. Just when it cools down, it's just not the same. That's why you get it extra hot. Yeah. You know a thing or two about your coffee. Double yeah. cup it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get a venti double cup PSL extra hot. 
Yeah. Give me a sleep. Hold the whip. That one is so hot. Here, hand me that cup. I'll write it down for you. Just hand me the cup. My name's Jason. I'll even spell my name right. J A I S Y E N. Jason. And then when they spell it as phonetically as they can and put it down on the bar, and someone will go, Jerizian coffee. It's hard to mess up, Jim. But I'm sure you I have the problem of having. You've two or never, three gyms there you've at the same never time. been at Starbucks and ended up with a <laughs> cup of coffee that says GYM on the side of it. Don't lie. Yeah, no, I, I have seen that. Yeah, you're right. I have seen that, Jason. Yeah. J-A-Y-S-O-N. Jason. My wife's name is Melanie. And I know it's not a super common name, but it's also not super uncommon. And we see some of the most wild spellings of Melanie ever at Starbucks. But, I mean, it's not just Starbucks, it's that's just who we see right here. Oh, Dan. D-A-N. Have you seen any different versions of D-A-N? No. No. But either I pronounce it weird or other people just hear it weird, and I get other D names. Sometimes I'm Dale. Dale. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's the most common miss, mess up. Wow. Hmm. Like, who names your kid Dale? Is Dale even like a... There's some Dales right now and some parents of Dales right now that are like... No. <laughs> You're dead to me, Dan Podesta. I have, not run, I have not run into a lot of Dales in my life. Dale Kaiser. It's like one of the okay. biggest realtors in your neck of the woods. All right. All right. Dale can go He's either like, way too. Dale, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt. Yeah. Dale Dale Earnhardt. Be, I have never run into him. No, you haven't. Probably don't want to rail, run into Dale. <laughs> no, because he's going two sixty. <laughs> he's going two sixty. You're in trouble if you run into him. Good times. How come it smells like trash in the studio today? It's there. I see foil sticking out of that trash can. Is it that trash no, can? No, we have something a science project going on in the green room. I think it's in that trash can. Look at it. Stick your head over it and smell it, Jim. Looks like someone had a burrito yesterday. Yep, smell it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to no, run. Uh, no, I think somebody, you know, those it's, community refrigerators become like science projects. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. you don't have like a Friday office fridge clean out? No. Mm. But you might want to start that. I, I, you know, <laughs> I will say that I don't use our our office refrigerator just because it this is the science All right. project right now. Um, that, dude, <laughs> that dude from wherever is about to call and say we're babbling like idiots, uneducated idiots or something. So yeah. we should shape up here. Yeah. <laughs> Two people came up to me after that show and said, you were really nice to that guy. I liked your response. And uh, I was like, you know what? Um, next time somebody calls the show just to insult us, I'm going to, um, I'm just going to say something quippy back about the radio guy that's hiding out being mean to people on the radio. Okay. So wait for it. It's not an invitation to call and insult us, by the way. I don't want that. (laughs) Um, Wild Ride, again this week, volatility is the name of the game in the markets. When you're, If you guys are looking at the stock markets, um, have you been opening your investment account statements, retirement account statements lately? Have not, no. Um, on the month or the quarter, probably not a very big deal. But if you're looking, if you're one of those lookers every day, pretty nuts. We've seen some days where we have... Um, just massive swings from big downs to big gains all in the same day. Um, we had a 
this is kind of an interesting thing now, you know, as you just keep looking at compiling the different pieces of data, trying to figure out what's going on, uh, what, what real news we have to think of. Um, we had a day this week in the Dow where we were up 450 points in one session. Want to know why? The U.S. and China scheduled a meeting for October. <laughs> and that's funny, you know, just that optimism, right? Oh, the October meetings where these things are going to get worked out and we're going to get this all taken care of. Um, that's like the fifth time we've really had a market celebration of a scheduled meeting that proved to be fruitless. So that's an interesting one. Um the 10-year yield finished out the week yesterday at 1.55. Um, pretty great, right? I mean, that's a if you're one rooting for low interest rates, which I'm just I want to let you all know I'm firmly in that camp. It's selfish, I know, um, but I'm a I'm a rooter for the low <laughs> over here cheerleading for low low interest rates. Um, judge me if you will, but. Seeing these bond yields go down like this, um, you know, is what's going to drag them there. And we saw the, you know, basically in the month of August now that we're here in September, in the fall here of the year, the fourth quarter, um, just kind of looking back, August is where the 10-year fell 50 basis points. And that at one point, I mean, the low the low watermark was in July of 2016 the uh 10-year bond yield was 1.38 in july of 2016 um so that's pretty weird and now we have to say that we're trending in a similar kind of range now where we've we've seen the 10-year threaten to get there we've heard some of the analysts say that it's coming oh yeah Um, we've heard we've heard one percent 10-year yield talked about yeah And so pretty wild. Um, But interestingly, you know, only being 15 basis points away or so from the low watermark, we're still a good 50 basis points away on the mortgage interest rate side from the low watermark. Yeah, exactly. So so mortgages haven't quite followed the treasury yields as they did last time. But again, the the Fed situation was different. When we were at 1.38 on a 10 year. Well, so we were at a zero Fed funds rate. We were. I'm reading about mortgage applications this morning, and it made me kind of wonder what uh, what's going to happen there. And I'm, I'm starting to change my tune a little bit, Dan. I think, regardless of whether or not the Fed's cut rates two more times like the market believes they will. Um, and I say that, you guys, we've got. Um, got a meeting coming up this month. We have a meeting coming up this month. The futures have a 95% probability of a rate cut at the 17, September 17, 18 meeting. So that's 10 days away, the start of that meeting. So here we go. 10 days away from the meeting, the futures market is calling it a 95% probability of a quarter rate cut. Um, and then they have a, another 63% chance of an additional 25 basis points in October. Uh, the December one um, is is where I think earlier in the year, that was the one we thought probably we would see them, if any, we would see them in September and December. So we got one in July, and now they're saying September and maybe October. So pretty fascinating to me. But So he's going back. 
Um, this is shocking to me for a couple different reasons. Um, so here's the here's the shocker. Mortgage applications are down 3% on the week and 6% over the prior week. Not talking about CCL. So that's the first part of why it's shocking. We're not down 6%, 9% total over a two-week period. We, we're not seeing that reduction in interest and volume as far as applications go in coming into the company. So once again, we're bucking the trend a little bit here where the industry seems like it's it's feeling a little bit of a halt right in the face of these lower interest rates. Um, nationally, they're beginning to call it refi burnout. Okay, sure. Um, but so here's the here's the deal: is um, what's going to happen here over the next couple months if the volume's dropping to the majors? Right, all the big boys are experiencing re- refi burnout. And they keep seeing a 3% weekly decline in application volume. Um, will they tighten down those margins, right? Sure. Like you said, the bond yield has fallen 50 basis points, but the mortgage-backed securities feel like they've got 35 to 50 basis points still of it didn't go as far as everything else. So are they going to give that up? Are the banks going to pass through that part of the profit margin, sort of thin out theirs to keep – the coffers filled. My suspicion is yes. We've seen it time and time again. So now, and so again, kind of, I know we got to get to a break here, but kind of closing the loop here is that in spite of whether or not the feds cut rates, like we believe they're going to, I believe that based on the refi burnout and the reduced volume that we're going to see some of the profit margin given up just to continue on the cycle. October is a really forward indicating month of the closing of the fourth quarter in the real estate and mortgage business. Yeah, October basically makes Sets up you your up December. for November and December, yeah. tail end of November and all of December. And nobody wants to finish out, you know, if you're a mortgage operations manager or owner or a stockholder, you know, anybody that cares about the financials here, you want to see the mortgage companies finish strong. Um, the years where we've done that have been the best years. Mm-hmm. The, I would say if you lined up all of the years and had to pick the two slowest months of the year always – the smart money is on November and December and probably January too. And say it depends on if you're talking to applications or fundings. Yeah. I say January, February is the slowest funding month. Well, but you go through this hibernation period, right? right it's and the holiday so season. Right now, I really do think with this idea of stimulus and ability to pass through some of the profit margin, the Fed's lowering rates, the way things look, I think the game plan here is going to be to load it up for September and October, um, try to create some momentum that keeps you through that the year-end period and maybe even has the fire stoked for January. That's my suspicion anyway. So I suppose we'll just wait and see. Uh, it's not a bad theory though, right? No, I, I, I see that. I definitely think that price is used to control volume and as volume goes down, price will get skinnier and Always has the been. rates will fall a little bit. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time for the uh, first commercial break here of the hour. Take some time out to thank the sponsors, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, Built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. 328- Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number. 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Welcome back, everyone. You're lucky this is radio and not some kind of live performance. We got a trash problem going on here in the studio. It smells awful. <laughs> Feel bad. We have a guest coming in here today. Yeah. And I also I can't go home after this. So I hope my clothes don't smell like trash when I go to my daughter's cheerleading thing. I'll go find the dumpster. There you go. I don't know why the janitor hasn't been in yet today, but they just haven't. Is Antonio Brown your janitor? 
Uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know. What is yeah, that? I'm not sure. You're you're not really tracking the whole A B. Not really. Raiders you know, thing. Well, I'm not usually here when the janitor's here. Raiders See? keep on raidering. <laughs> keep keep on raidering. Unfortunate. <laughs> the whole thing's unfortunate. They could have. I mean, my friend just texted me. He's like. Niners in the market for a wide receiver? Not that one. <laughs> Not that guy. Bummer. Team cancer is what he is. Bummer. Anyway. Yeah. Bummer. Hopefully you didn't draft him in your fantasy uh, fantasy football league. I did not. I did not. And I'll tell you what, I could have. <laughs> I know his name. Like, this guy's really good. He he believes he's really good, so that's part of the problem, but anyway. But you, you just got the the instant announcement. You heard it here first on Mortgage Matters is that the Raiders have released AB. That's wild. I wouldn't have guessed that. No. Especially yesterday. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So we talked a little bit about uh, the rates and what the future holds for us. So the Fed's got 10 days to go into this meeting. And this week we landed them a pretty solid uh, piece of data to chew on. Yeah. Make a little something of it. <laughs> um, we got the jobs report for the month of August. And um, before we dive into it, your best single word descriptor of the overall report. One word. Uh... Wow. Uh, Just one word. Like, like for example. It's the end. Terrible. The conclusion. Conclusion? It's the conclusion of the... Oh, I'll bite. Okay, go ahead. It's the conclusion of this hiring cycle. I, uh, okay, conclusion. Dang, I like it. That's good radio, Dan. We've been looking for evidence of... The slack running out of the jobs market. Uh huh. And this report, we saw low hiring numbers, but better than recent memory wage growth, right? Yeah. 0.4%. I mean, it's not great. It's not, it's not amazing, but better than expected. Better than what we've been having. Uh huh. So I think that's finally showing a little evidence of the. The end of Slack. Now, one month does not make a well, trend, or but you can't draw any real conclusions from it. I know I'm not going to trick you uh, with this here. Um, you realize also this report carried with it the downward revision of the prior two months. I'm just saying we got we got to keep watching. Further I think. making your point though is that if if this is. Um, Drawing to I, you know, I'm so happy that I asked you that question that way because I, I didn't think that that thought never entered my mind that this is the the sun setting of the cycle. It's interesting. I, I suppose I need more time to to process that and think about whether I agree with you or not. Um, I just had you put me on the spot. I had to say something. I'm not sure that I agree with myself yet. It's a that was a fantastic answer. I think you <laughs> might be right. Um, the 
Yeah, so anyhow, here you go. We were anticipating 158,000 jobs added in the economy for the month. We added uh, 139,000. That's not a crazy miss. And I just want to remind you, too, uh, for all the alarmists that are out there or the people that are just wanting to to fan this flame of impending recession – We've been assured by the Fed more than once and multiple chairs that we need 100,000 jobs or more a month to keep up with population growth and the workforce demand. So I just want to remind you this number's over that. And I want to be clear, although my word might, you know, be commensurate with negative thoughts and feelings, I don't think this is a bad thing, right? I think what what it's evidence of at the end of this hiring cycle that's gone on for a decade or more is that you have reached Saturation? full employment. You've reached full employment. And then you start to see those earnings numbers go up, meaning that people, people have opportunity. There's other opportunities out there. There's still employers looking to attract a better, better person. It's a growing company. We need better talent and we're willing to pay for that. So I think now the, there's opportunity for people to not just have jobs, but to get better jobs. Yeah. And I think the best subset of data out of this report for you um, in your position is ultimately just to show that um, the individuals that want to work um, that have given up because they can't find full-time work, they can't find that easy vacancy that they were looking for before that segment of the workforce population increased from 7% to 7.2%. Um, so anyway, that, yeah, I, I can see your point. Um, I'm trying to remind myself that um, the, uh, if a hundred thousand jobs created is the, sort of the benchmark for when whenever we're north of that number we're in a growing um positive territory the closer we get to that number is begins to uh facilitate the conversation because clearly a hundred thousand is not two hundred thousand right it's not three hundred thousand but i just want to remind you that last time we were cutting rates uh, monthly job report was minus 600,000 jobs in a month. So still an interesting timing for an interesting piece of data. Um, 10 days before the Fed meet, this is the job report that they have to go on. We already mentioned this, that market futures have a 95% probability of a Fed rate cut coming at the September meeting. I think that's crazy. Um, pretty wild. Side note, and I know we're about to price shift gears a little bit as we're going to bring in the the real estate guru, uh, Mr. Dell, but um, I clipped this. It's suspended in context. I don't really have anything to back it up. I don't know what I'm going to say about it except for uh, this week, the New York Fed um, listed a 39% chance of recession in the next 12 months. That's weird, isn't it? That's almost 50-50. It was pretty close, dude. <laughs> and that's the New York Fed, too. That's not um, some group of knuckleheads with nothing going on. Um, anyway, 
Let's bring in. Let's bring in. <laughs> Speaking s- of knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> no, just oh kidding. my gosh! <laughs> door, Steve Del Martini. <laughs> Welcome. Door is right behind you, Steve. Just <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. We were Dan and I were together this week, and I said um, Steve mentioned that he'd come on the show this weekend, and Dan said, "Yeah, bring him on." And I said. Um, Something to the effect of knuckleheads. Or- <laughs> no. <laughs> no, something to the effect of he always um, gives me a hard time. Yeah, we our relationship <laughs> has evolved into this ribbing each other thing, and it it started out as kind of fun, but now it seems to be our bond. And uh, and Dan was like, "Well, why don't you change that?" And I said, "Well, it's not just me. He does it with everybody." Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and I said, "I think he particularly latched onto me because I'm happy to dish it back, and exactly. though less witty, I can do it." And so. Dan just basically was like, well, you could probably change that. And then you come in here, and then he makes the uh, – he yeah. threads the needle here of the knucklehead yeah. thread. So uh, Yeah, that I was quite an introduction. Yeah. Thank I you. I really appreciate that. Maybe this will be introduced when I speak sometime or something. <laughs> right. And now we have knucklehead. Oh, great. Yeah. We'll always well, be I guess I'm done. Thanks, you. guys. You Thanks just for let us know. <laughs> Well, good morning. Well, speaking of that, I had an apple and two red vines. I'm all fired up. There you Ready go. To go. That's a breakfast of champions you right bet, there. Baby. They amended the apple a day to keep the doctor away. Now it's an apple a, and two red vines a day. <laughs> Something like that. I have a friend in uh, South Africa and his uh, his farm he re- he has uh, he grows yeah. that's where the red vines are grown no <laughs> i don't know where they're grown <laughs> i think they're dropped from above somewhere but yeah his his apple farm is uh two a day so ah yeah so you, you see see how just a minute ago you probably heard me when you were driving in you did listen right I, oh yeah <laughs> What an assumption that you would listen to this kind of show when you weren't even on it. Um, Actually, it was St. Paul and Broken Bones on a CD. But we'll I'm trying to – I was just saying I'm rooting for low interest rates. Call it selfish. Call it selfish. Okay. But I'm firmly in that camp. Well, yeah, and if would. I was an apple farmer, I would certainly be changing the saying to two apples a day. Two a day, yeah. yeah. Two a day apples. Yeah. This is going to double your sales volume. You I'm know what I mean? You. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, lower rates will double your volume, maybe. Hey. Hey, not all bad. Hasn't so, hurt so far. We're in the earning season of our lives and careers, so I'll take that. Oh, well, so will um, I then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I could be a little past the earning season. No nonsense. Oh, You're not ready for the glue factory yet. No, not yet. Not yet. You're, uh, I, in fact, other than your... Um, you're, that silvery sheen to your hair, I'd have to say that you're uh, mentally, physically, I mean, you don't even strike me as old at all, so I'm not going to let you. you call yourself that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Zero. On the on the gauge here, there's zero senility going on with you, <laughs> yeah. um, and you don't even limp when you walk. <laughs> oh, I was reminded yesterday, Lisa Combs, my real estate partner, she said, is your knee bothering you again? I said, yeah, you know, so, mm. yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll take the bad knee. Yeah. So, so means anyway. you played hard growing up. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> or so pray or I, prayed a lot for those real estate transactions <laughs> that were <wrong. laughs> I so, saw a thing yesterday that said real estate was um opening your phone to say Oh, thank God or no way. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez, no way. Since we kind of opened the show talking a little bit about the rate environment, mm-hmm. can you let us know just how the real estate market is has changed, if at all, since rates 
you know. You know, the interesting part to me about this is um, I don't hear a lot of rate talk on the streets. No. You know, I really don't, which is kind of unusual. People are going numb to it. It it could be, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, no, so it's not like, hey, great. Uh, Previously, you know, rates, okay, so they went to what, four and a half or maybe almost five, and everybody talked about that. And Mm -hmm. then they started dropping down, and once everybody got back to their comfort zone, I, I think they just don't worry about it or don't think about it or certainly not in conversation at least overall, you know, well, which we, is sort of interesting. We trained a couple generations of people to know that as we sort of interest rates drop from the early 80s mm-hmm. all the way through now that um, that's something you need to watch for, wait for, and when your turn comes, you get your lower rate based on the economy but also your better yeah. equity, and that's sort of part of the wealth-building piece of owning real yeah. estate. but. And now this new generation of home buyers, we have a decade of this now of it's not really a component for them. No, it's they not. Have they're to, so used to three and a half that you yeah, know. and they will, and they have to be kind of um, watchful and maybe a little bit cynical of the offers they're receiving. I mean, you get how much stuff in the mail and the telemarketing and the you know, I, I see it because my clients will come in and say, "I got this from you," yeah. and it says my company name on it, but it is not from the company. It's somebody else marketing on my behalf with, you know, for their gain. Yes. Um, which, by the way, this trickery I think is just outrageous. I can't believe it's allowed to happen that way, but whatever. Um. So anyhow, point being is that this is this barrage of get a lower rate, get a lower rate. And what we're talking about now is quarter point, half a point for a lot of people. And it's not enough to really keep people super excited, which is part of what when we're talking about that refi burnout, that's that's really what we're describing is that people are sort of like, ah, so loan officers are a little burned out about the refi wave again. But I'd say the consumer is a little bit burned out about the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think that. Um, but the, and, and still the interesting part about some of this are the people that uh, stay on the fence to say, well, maybe the rates will go down. Sure. Okay, and so you at some point you say, I don't know what you're waiting for anymore, but well, well you know, look, in, that's I, the point for your quarter. I have this well, conversation. Drop a quarter, and you kind of go, okay. Well, so. I had this conversation with a guy just a week ago, um, smart dude, yeah. and said, hey, you know, we're we're all told, you say it on the show, but we all see it, we're all told the Fed's going to cut rates a couple more times. So I'm not going to refi today if it's going to be a quarter or half point lower in the next six months. But so I look at this, I mean, you know this old... You know, the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. If you can save $300 today because the movement for you has been a half a point from what you have today and you want to hold out for the next quarter, which is going to make a difference of 30 or 40 bucks a month, um, you could. But realizing the $300 improvement, you know, and that's where I kind of end up just giving the advice of like, look. Um, these are pretty low cost transactions right now. So if the closing cost is three thousand dollars and the savings is three hundred, and then in ten months you're going to break even on the the fact that you even did it in the first place. But if ten months from now the feds have cut rates two or three more times and you're able to save another half a point or something, then do it again. But you can't forego three hundred and sixty months. That by the way, that's what. 30 years of mortgage payments is 360 payments. You can't forego 360 payments of saving 300 bucks a month because the prospect of 40 next year, $40 less next year is what I'm waiting for. 
right? Yes. But at the same time, I think probably the one, the other component to it is, um, are you busy? Like life, just in life, feel busy? Want more hours in a day? Oh, yeah. Always. Got a, You know, you got a list of things that need to be done at the house and friends you need yeah, to call and relatives that you should probably visit. Maybe a trip to Disneyland. That's or, the next but, month. Um, you know, <laughs> and we're in that cycle where I, my kids are doing all these things and the calendar fills up months in advance and – I think everybody sort of lives like that and then looks at and then throw a refi into the mix, you know? Ah, I'll just wait. I'll just, not not this week, maybe next week. The people start that that conversation starts that way a lot with us. What's the trend over the next 3 to 6 months? Flat up or down? And I usually have to say, well, I, my my thought is it's probably flat to down. However, a trade deal with China or the Fed not cutting rates on a 95% probability that they were, any one of those things could pop them right up. So I don't know. If you're asking me if I think you can sit on your hands for six months without risk, I don't think so. Um, but anyway, uh, Jim, it's breaky time. It is break time, yes. All right, let's do it. Commercial break, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, finish up this first hour with Mr. Steve. So stick around, guys, for more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOW. We're the mortgage experts on the 
Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Picture the people listening to the radio, dancing right now in their living room. While <laughs> Mortgage Matters is going, and all of a sudden they're they're all bopping around their house a little bit. Well, that's Came the intense. Little, that's the intense. Yeah, yeah, you know, got got a little got a little energy going now. Yeah, a little pop in the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, you know, the vacuum going. <laughs> yeah, dancing with the vacuum. Now we give them another chance. Right here, right here. You know, you know, people are like, going, yeah, you know, remember the. Uh, when I was younger, there used to be movies and people would dance with the mop, you know. Oh yeah. All that. So that's, I think, you know, what you got going on. Like maybe. that. Oh, you're the opening scene of Rick's Risky Business, risky where Tom, oh, okay. the yeah, young yeah. Tom Cruise, like Tom slides Cruise. into the. <laughs> Just take them all records off the shelf. <laughs> Singing into the mop would have yeah. been a Swiffer if that movie was that twenty years later. Yeah. Yeah. It was not a Swiffer though; it was a real old mop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, okay, so there's a marketing idea. There you go. You bring back those old things that every American knows about, and yeah. then you just update them into if you did that exact same scene today with what the new technology yeah. would be, mm-hmm. you know, like Instead Back to of- the Future when Michael J. Fox is like on the payphone trying to call Doc. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, Well, what would you do? You can't text him that day. Instead of dancing with your vacuum, you're like, Dancing around the Roomba. Yep. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's one of those self-powered ones. The little... Oh, I had no, I had like, no clue what, what you were talking uh, what? <laughs> The what? Yeah. We don't use vacuums anymore? <laughs> <laughs> A Roomba? Okay. Yeah. Well, good for it's you. That cool mach- <laughs> good for you. It's that cool round vacuum robot yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that'll pick up a dog poop and then smear it over every inch of your whole house without you knowing it. <laughs> you, you know, Jason, it's always you that could bring up the, the lighter parts of the Roomba cleaning up method. Right. But, uh, you know. Yeah. So I, I, this time, I don't want to squander this time with you. Okay. Okay. So, but I, so um, interesting discussion about the new buyers or buyers. Um, uh, I, I'm uh, one of the um, – Founders of the um, Central Coast Housing uh, Conference that we put on, we've put on for for years now, and one of the things that we were talking about because uh, we're planning the uh, conference for March of, of next year, uh, <clears throat> March of next year is, um, you know, we, we've done them with breakout sessions, we've done the conference without a breakout session and just panels and things like that. But 
one of the interesting things that came up yesterday was uh, we had one of the um, one of the the members of the committee um, has uh, contact with younger people, I guess, in, in a sense, and the fact that uh, younger people aren't sure even how to buy a house. Mm. Okay, they don't know what are the steps. What do you do? How is it? How is it? Um, not even at all completely focused on interest rates or payments, but feel that they're not part of the market because of the pricing and they've been shoved out for so long that now they believe they're just not even part of it. And so, Mm. you know, we were talking about maybe at the summit having one of the breakout sessions in education on on housing and why you are a part of the market and can be, um, and especially with some of the developments that will be coming up in the future. You know, San Luis Ranch is underway right now. They're grading and getting ready, you know, for for their – Offsite improvements and, and things like that, and then San Luis, I mean, San Luis Ranch, and then Avila Ranch will be following the same. But they're going to be there is going to be product out there that people it's, can buy. Yeah, that that they're clearly not out is, there today. And I I wonder <clears throat> if um, man, uh, so it's a it's a lifetime ago that I was twenty years old and and trying <laughs> to figure it out. Right, three, three lives ago for me. Yeah, um, dog lives. When I dog look years. at. Uh, <laughs> But when I look at that, though, and like I think about people today, um, housing is still a very, very much, even though they may not necessarily believe they're part of the market, um, housing is a really big, I mean, obviously it's one of the, the three basic needs, right? But you guys are going to figure out, you're going to be a roommate, which is usually acceptable when a bunch of people that are recently thrown out of the nest or choose to leave the nest and could go try to be solo somewhere, which is generally cost prohibitive. So what ends up happening is that you end up pairing up with other people that are in a similar socio-demographic as you, socio-economical demographic. So that then there you are. Um, but then at some point in time, you start to adult a little bit, right? To where... If you're the guy in the house that gets the better job or whatever, and now all of a sudden the roomies are out there playing beer pong at four o'clock in the morning and you need to be at the office at eight, now you start to evaluate, okay, I, my circumstances are changing to the place where now I need to make that decision. I think that's – wherever you are in the life cycle, you have the need for housing and you have to figure out whether or not the options available to you, which one's the better one for you. Um, I think – Interestingly enough, like it's easy to pick on the young kids, right? And I know that marketing, just understanding market share, the marketing companies and the people like, you know, like us that are trying to figure out where's the, where's the attention need to go to make the biggest impact. Um, it's the young people, right? Because they don't own homes yet. Right. The old people do. The, the middle aged people do. Some of the 40 year olds and 30 year old population, they do own homes. So this is ne- kind of the low hanging fruit. But I'll tell you one thing that blows my mind. Um, you know, as, as professionals of the industry, we forget what we know that they don't know. You know what I mean? And one of the things that blows my mind constantly is the amount of smart people with good jobs that believe you need 20% down to buy a house agreed, or that believe that you can't do this with 3% down or believe that there's no opportunity or benefit to having a co-borrower with them or the people that don't believe that you can buy a house with a friend. Like sometimes those two professionals that may work at Amazon here in town 
and are not they can't leave town yet but they're also not married up and in the family cycle those two office mates can buy a house together and they don't need 20 percent down people don't know a lot of those things and it's not limited to just kids because i have 40 year old first-time home buyers that come in that have had great jobs for years and they don't know that they could have bought 10 years ago because they had five percent down then and now with um some at least i think i understand some of the relaxation of the um mortgage insurance you know, I think that that helps. I, I believe that that's out there, that it, you don't have to have it on every loan that's under 20%. And, you know, there, there, there's, there's a, just a lot of learning curve out there that doesn't that doesn't happen. In a, and it's not well, think, because it's not like something that, that is offered out there just on a general basis. Think on, about the type of advertising and solicitations that the younger generation's receiving. It's a lot of stuff on social media or their phone. And it's from those big internet marketing companies you've got your quickens and you've got your purple bricks or you know you've got your real estate and mortgage companies that are all about their product providers right they're they're selling you a mortgage they're selling you a house but they're not service providers like a local company that's ingrained in the community where their their business is based on education and building rapport and and building comfort with your customer this younger generation does a lot of stuff on a digital platform sure. and they get they get the quick hit marketing where it's about speed and ease but not about providing service and education don't you worry because that, takes that time. don't you worry that because they didn't grow up knowing that it existed that they today they sort of are living without that knowledge and therefore yeah. that broader marketing is really their sense of what it is. Well, certainly it is. And, because, and for me, well, like you, it, cause you can't, cause if you're that millennial, you can't just go, Oh, rocket loan, push the button and then find out. I knew I wasn't good enough. Um, whereas like you say, if you come into to me, why. yeah, but if you come into me and we sit down, I can spend some time with you. Hey, look, you're going to be ready in the next 10 years, and I'm going to be here in business in the next 10 years. So it's absolutely my investment in you, in us together to craft a plan. Let's do the things, give you a budget, give you savings goals, help you figure out how to develop the credit that you're lacking to put yourself in the best possible position. Those big companies need revenue next month from you or they want you out of their way, right? It doesn't fit their model. If you don't fit the model, you're, yeah. The way young people learn online with YouTube and that stuff, that that narrative has kind of worked against them in the way big companies market to them today. They just assume that they're going to do all the internet research about how the process works works and all that and so that all they have to do is provide that product at the end of the day well that's really it's a complicated thing to go off and learn on your own that's why i love that commercial um it's like the quicken commercial and it's that funny comedian dude that is in a few shows i like where the 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 realtor and the buyer are walking through and it's say, you know, oh, there's an FHA and a, you know, VA and a, and the, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? It means a lot of people want to buy yeah, this house. Let's dumb it down. You so don't they're need to know playing right yeah. into that. Hey, the dumber you are, the better. Come push this button. Right. And, you know, and, but like I say, that's <laughs> the, that's the scenario which yeah. leads to revenue. And, and, and when you have that kind of budget, right, where you can market nationally in every media platform to attract the person that is going to be your client within 30 days revenue within 30 days 
That's your model. That's what they do. If that appeals to you, fine. Um, the rest of us will be over here um, doing it the real way, which is got to figure out, you know, I, I wish every client I had was a paycheck in 30 days. Um, I'd probably already be retired. That's not even in the world of possible. I would say on average, we on a purchase client, that relationship for us from the day that we initiate contact to them getting the keys to their home, I would venture to say that's on average probably a six to nine month endeavor of especially in this market lately where here's the houses, here's the price range, the rates are moving as the prices are moving and the inventory is changing and the the interaction and the level of engagement has to be long-term and um, ever-evolving, right? So it's a it's very much a, a very different thing than what marketing tells us. So you can't blame these people that don't know they're part of the market. Well, I don't blame them. I just think that's conversation and, you know – if you're going to, you know, dive it down to local, then, you know, we should be out maybe educating somehow, getting the the U40 group and, and giving them a presentation. Yeah. Or, my, you know, some of that. Kind my of, son, you know. my son is a senior in high school right now. And um, so I've got the recent history. You know, it was over 20 years ago that I graduated from college from, yeah. I was going to say high school. I said college, which is actually pretty much still true. This is a long time ago. So my recent history with public education is pretty old. So now with my son, though, it's coming to a close here for him as he's in his senior year. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, how do you still not have a class where they bring in people that say, look, this is how you discern marketing. This is what you need to know about housing. These are investment strategies. This is people that you'll need to know once you're out in the job market anyway we're not there yet uh top of the hour break we'll be back in five minutes for another hour of mortgage matters we hope that you will be too you're tuned in to mortgage matters on kvec news talk 920 and fm 96.5 every saturday from 9 a.m to 11 if you missed any part of the show check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Tell me, though, when you hear this song, do you still think of Risky Business, or is it just me? That's just you. Yeah, because this song was relevant to you before Risky (laughs) Business, and it really wasn't for me. No, I know. I've seen him perform this live. Michael J. Fox? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, obviously, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I made the mistake of actually, I, I didn't realize it, but I bought the tickets from a scalper that said they were really good seats. Yeah, and they were behind a pole. Yeah, no, no. well, they were they were at um, Staples Center in the nosebleeds, and oh. I mean the nosebleeds. Yeah, you could yeah. be there in the Staples Center. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. Still sounds good up there, though, right? Well, it sounded great oh, yeah. up there, but you don't want to be trying to dance around a mop way yeah. up in those nosebleeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah. Anyway, um, I tried to get Lisa to come on the program today with us, and she yeah. she hesitated. We'll bring her in at some point. Why'd she hesitate? Um, she's never done radio, I think, is probably the thing. And I think she's well qualified, obviously, to She's come fantastic at talking. and yes. Well, and after she sees how well we treat our guests, I mean, she's definitely going to be here. <laughs> so, anyway, I was just going to ask. Yeah, Lisa, if you're out there and you're listening, go ahead and text me and let me know, because now you're on the spot, because I brought it up in public now. Yeah. She's definitely not going to text you now. Yeah. Nope, wasn't listening. Wasn't, wasn't listening. listening. Yeah. Never heard you. Did Never you say something, you. Steve? Yeah, anyway. So. Last week, I uh, I asked at um, the at the Compass meeting. Yes. How hard. Uh, but I asked, um, I asked if anybody listened to the radio show last week, and everyone was like, no, no, no. no. Look no. around the room. Everyone's like, no, 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 no. Why? And then one of them um, said... Is there a place where you like keep that? Like, can we listen to it like later? And I was like, Yeah, we can, we have that on our website. You, it's like podcasting. You can just go click it, and anytime <laughs> you can do it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, well, so know, chances are she's not listening. Oh, no, chances are she there's didn't... also nobody else from your firm that's listening. Oh, by the way, dang, I was gonna do this in the first hour. I didn't do it now. Um, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna do it again at the end. So just bear with me. Um, we met with an awesome underwriter yesterday and the connection was made, um, outside of the world of this radio show. But this particular underwriter said, I listened to your guys' radio show. And, um, it reminded me, I I have friends that, that manage and own other mortgage companies around town. They recommend their loan officers to listen to our show. Wow. I know that there are lots of real estate agents that listen to the show because there's not a whole lot of places to hear this conversation that's not under the roof of the place where you work. Um, I wonder if they're recommending me then for being on. Absolutely. No. Uh, but so anyways, here's my deal. This is the whole reason I brought this up. Um, I forgot that this is such a sounding block for us, and so I just thought I'd just throw this out there. If you work in a mortgage company because you're a processor or a funder or an underwriter, um, or if you're, like, married to somebody who does or your, like, kids do that job somewhere, um, reach out to me personally. We have, like, we're we're growing. It's a great place to work, and we need some help. So... um, Man. <laughs> I mean, I could do a little classified ad, right? Because um, I just show, I forget so. that it's not just consumers that are listening. There are a lot of, uh, you know, industry professionals right. that do listen. And, and so I was looking at, like, I don't want to place an ad in Craigslist, you know? I don't know. I've never been on it. Shh. Come on. Okay. Never. So I can tell you, though, that uh, – the last time I was on, Neil Donaldson with uh, Central Coast Real Estate Photography said, hey, I heard you on the radio. So there's somebody in the industry out there. Uh, At least know, one other one. One other one. And, yeah, so I, and, uh, so I told him I'd give him a plug if I was ever on again. No, I didn't. But anyway, yeah. so, so somebody else was listening. <clears throat> so I brought I, – I actually made some notes this time because last time we started talking and I think we – I don't know where we went. We went to ADUs and tiny homes and – all kinds of areas, but um, a, a couple of things that are happening right now, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, for everybody in San Luis Obispo. I yield to the gentleman from Compass. Thank you. <laughs> How much time did you yield? All of my time. Oh, my gosh. I got the rest of the program. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> the knuckleheads doing well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, just if you live in the city of San Luis Obispo and you're not aware, a few things have happened. Number one is there is now a uh, sewer lateral inspection ordinance that takes place. It's been uh, passed by the city council and it's gone through the second reading. It actually uh, takes place 30 days from the second reading, which was on September 3rd. Um, but the ordinance itself doesn't take effect until January 1st. But what you have to do now, if you sell a property, there is a point of sale. Um, this is a point of sale ordinance that if your home is more than 20 years old, um, basically, and you have a private sewer lateral that goes to the public the main, s- the in, main the, yeah. in the middle of the street, not yep. to the, your property line, then you have to have it inspected. There's not a – so the point of sale is the inspection. The city has a tremendous amount of water that inflows into their sewer. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is if we back that up a little bit, there's yeah. some people right now that are like, great, another government exaction. Yeah. But but this is one that I think I'm really on board with, and, and here's what's up. Um, this, the city runs a sewer line down the middle of the road, right? And then you tie into the main with your lateral and those pipes, you probably know a lot about how old they are, but it's like that terracotta. Orangeburg. Orange. Isn't anything that comes up with the age happens, you point at Steve and the <laughs> You must be like, old <laughs> enough to remember the no, Orangeburg pipe. Well, that's what she just said. Yeah. But I just I know it. there's, so there's. The pipes that are used from these older vintage of homes, what happens is over time they erode generally on the top, crush in a little bit. And when in normal drought years and low rain circumstances, um, the effluent from the home is going to stay at the bottom of the pipe and make it out to the lateral and be no problem through the lateral into the main and be no problem to make its way down to the treatment facility all good. Since the top of those pipes could possibly be broken or eroded, every time we get substantial rain, the rainwater is able to infiltrate the sewer system right there from the top, thereby way overloading the treatment facility. And then you have these boilovers that go into the creek and pump out into everywhere else. And so this is one of those things where I said, if you fit that vintage, when you sell your house, someone's going to run a scope down there and find out if you're part of the problem. If you are, you're going to have to bring it up. And if you're not, you you're don't good. have to. No, it, all it is is the inspection. Just knowing it? Yep. And there's three areas there's the downtown, there's the foothill area, and a lot of Laguna Lake that are the problem areas. And they've identified those. Um, the city has also put an incentive in if you just, if, if you're not in one of those three areas that are described uh, by mapping. Um, then you're up. You can get a two thousand dollar rebate from the city for your sewer lateral. The laterals are probably in and around ten thousand dollars to replace. Do you know how much the inspection is right now? To have two fifty to three fifty is what we've been told. And so, then doing it with like a camera scope, yeah, just yeah. like. And what what they're thinking is is maybe now there are some home inspectors that already do it, but you have to be certified to do it. So uh, as maybe getting the home inspectors on board, which the city did meet with, and then while they're doing the home inspection, if you qualify, maybe you would pay extra just to have them go ahead and do the scope versus having a you know a. Plan Don't you want to know? I mean, as a homeowner, like if I'm buying your house, I kind of want to know anyway because the other thing that could be going on is tree roots, roots growing through. Roots are the biggest problem in there. Right? Okay, but no, you, I, I would say that no, you don't want to know in the sense of that doesn't. It, it's not something that comes up in general sales of homes all the time. 
uh, the disclosure that says, you know, do you have any ongoing maintenance? That's where it's usually exposed in the sense of, yeah, twice a year I, I, I scope my sewer for, for roots. And that's where it comes up. So usually in the disclosure process, you'll find out one way or another. So this bill is to so get you the like information. It or you don't like it. I, you know, I'm kind of 50-50. I, th- I think that ultimately what happens is that we'll have a reduced cost of cleaning clean water. You know, so some years down the line, I think it's going to be a big benefit to the city. You know, in our But real- where does the repair occur? It's just if you negotiate the repair. They just want to know where the prob- if where all the problems are. So you're going to get so yourself how- on a hit list of this property is known to have this yeah, failure. So yeah. then how often – I mean, let's, so let's say – you know, one, two, three Broad mm-hmm. Street sells today, and it gets checked, and, and then bad. twelve months from now, mm. it sells again. Does it have to get checked again? No, we five, already they get a five-year, okay, five-year uh, cycle. So you, okay, so you, and then what happens if one of these during one of these transactions, the homeowners decide, okay, well, we got a problem here, let's fix it. Are they then exempt from it for twenty, 20 years? years? Okay, all right, yeah. So you have to provide evidence yeah, of these it's repairs. It's any homes so. that are older than 20 years now because of the the, the you know the PVC type um, pipe that's in there now has has like a 75 year lifespan and you know and and all of the joints are sealed well and so anyway so yeah I'm kind of I I I I get it so that's why I'm kind of on board you know realtors are basically always opposed to any point of sale. But it's going to slow something down. Well, you, you know, you've got to have an inspection and you have to have, you know, and the city waived its permit fee for it, which was five hundred and thirty one dollars on the some- theme on the theme here of Steve being old. Um, <laughs> when you guys got the toilet retrofits. Yeah. Uh, you were Thank in the you. business when that happened. I was. Um, were, was that a pun? Or? No. Oh. <clears throat> uh, maybe. Uh, but anyway, though, how'd you feel then? I mean, well, same, same thing. Same thing. Gave, You're just one more thing. One yeah, more, but you see, back requirement. Then, okay, but what, what government see, getting in the way no, of me transacting? It, it was different then, in the sense that first of all, um, the city gave you a, a rebate of 150 bucks, and I would say if you, you know, I would say the average was probably 150 to 200 dollars to get a toilet installed. Yeah, for all of that. So you're almost on a break even. So that wasn't bad. But the biggest thing that happened was the developing the development community for for them to be able to build they had to go out and retrofit so many toilets okay and so if you wanted to build six units you had to do a savings equivalent to that six units and it's go like out and the retrofit. in lieu fund yeah, yeah. go out and retrofit 20, 25 toilets and so a lot of people just got them for free hmm. so it was kind you know and there is the same sort of thing uh there are three developments going in on foothill and that developer um, is <laughs> going to. Um, you know, it's to- funny. Nobody got it for free. Because what it ended well, up happening well, was it drove the cost of the realtors. You know, he had to keep his profit margin where it was. So all the housing got more expensive. While some people feel they enjoyed a free toilet, it raised the the tide for the entire town. That's what you I know. Mean. We were really on a good roll. Go ahead. I'll stop. You want me to go get another cup of coffee? I need one anyway. Get some red vines. There's no red vines here. For the people... Not for you. (laughs) For the people who they find through this inspection process Mm -hmm. that there's a problem, and then they ultimately decide that they want to repair the sewer lateral, for anyone who's in that situation, they'll get a $2,000 credit from the city? Yeah, yeah. and if you're in the... the, the, One of the three areas... um, 
downtown Foothill or Lagoon Lake, it's a three thousand dollar because okay. they really want those done. <laughs> okay. So that's a so good you're going to get twenty to thirty percent of the costs covered by the yeah. city for taking care of this problem, right? And if cool. not, you're just on that hit list of we know where you are. Well, then you and have city to deal council with it every five years. in three years or something might finally just go take the list of all the people that we know did this and get them. God, you're... right? No. Well, at some point, the in the mandatory inspection might turn into a mandatory replace. It could. But and right it, now we're starting with inspection. Right. And but they're keeping the records of the known offenders. Right. Sure. So there you go. All right. So that's new. Got some other um, new stuff, but I don't know. We got to take, well, take a break. No, we got to take a break. Yeah. So, but tell me what you're going to tell us about after the break. You, you have me now. I'm hooked. Really? Well, there's a, there's a statewide movement for rent control. That's mm-hmm. being considered right now in the state. I don't even and, want to talk about that. Okay. What else do you have? What else do we have? <laughs> rent um, control. Well, it's important. To who? I don't rent. It's important <laughs> oh to know this stuff. If any, Dan, how are you doing today? I think that, <laughs> all I right, think let's do a commercial break. So I can tell the rent the control topic is going to be a good one. Did you so. not yield your time? Yes. <laughs> I get my time's back. Um all no, really, though. Let's take a break. <laughs> okay. I do want to talk about rent control. This is going to be, I can tell already, this is going to be a good conversation. Um, Kaora S. All right. First it's break time. of the hour. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break then, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. 358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, 
you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> That's some old time music there. Yeah, I'm feeling well, good. Back to the future, though. That's fine. Why? Yeah. Why? Michael J. Fox's greatest hits. Here. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So I, I'll ha- I'll give you an option. Oh, take okay. it. I'll take an option. Will you? Will? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm, I've never been a man to refuse an option. All right. Well, good for you. Then um, we could spend a little bit of time on the Assembly Bill 1482 that is moving ahead right now on some statewide rent control, or we can talk about uh, uh, inventory in the county and days on the market and that kind of stuff. What would what would be your choice right now? Um, I, would, I don't know how much time I have left. You were giving me an hour, and that's five minutes is up, but if I get a little bit I more I would time. let you stay until the end of the show if you felt like you wanted to. If you have a are, prior are engagement, be, I'll let you go. No. Um, Are you going to be nice? To I, me my inclination is, I'll be nice. I'm okay. sorry. I was going to give you a compliment when I came back. Kind of smells like laundry detergent, maybe body wash in here, so, <laughs> um, which is not usual for us. I don't believe we usually shower on Saturday morning, so it has to be used, so thank you. No, I didn't even wash my hair today. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yes, no, I didn't. Oh. All right. Well, never mind. Yeah. I, I know that I didn't shower. Jim didn't shower. Dan, did you shower? Wow. See? Um. I really, uh, actually, Steve, when we were driving in, um, I was wanting to uh, quit. I was wanting to talk to you about inventory and days on market and what's going on within the housing community. So, um, if you're agreeable, I'd love to do both. Okay. Um, I don't get enough um, time lately with realtors with a good view like you have about kind of what's going on within the market. Um, so I, I'd always enjoy that conversation. Okay. Well, you know, and I love rent control too, by the way. Okay. Well, um, maybe I'll come back, um, in a more timely fashion than six or eight weeks apart and we can, we can cover a few things because, sure. you know, okay. Anyway. So, okay. The inventory and, and you, you come to the, uh, to our meetings at our, our staff meetings at our office and, and we're glad to have you there and it's very insightful. Um, but that's a tough question. We, we brought it up, you know, at, um, on Tuesday, and um, I, I don't think there's a clear picture about what's going on in the market right now. Um, I still see homes that are priced well um, in neighborhoods that are, have lack of homes for sale. Um, those are going out pretty quickly. Um, I'm more familiar with San Luis, Row, Grandy, Pismo, Shell Beach. You know, that's kind of my market area. I don't do a whole lot in North County. 
Um, so I don't know that I have a clear picture on really what's going on in the market. People are, are kind of saying, is it slow out there right now? I kind of feel it is. You ask another agent and they'll say, no, I'm, you know, almost everything I have is going into escrow or, you know, I, that's just a tough question. Uh, I don't know why it's tougher for me today than at other stages. Sometimes I, I have a clear understanding. But if you're in that, if you're in that market, though, of, of slow, Pismo, Shell Beach, or mm-hmm. Rio Grande, to me, you're, that's premium. You're talking premium. Yeah. I live in a Tascadero, and I office most of my time is spent in a Tascadero, okay. which to me, I mean, a, a Tascadero is a, a more of like the uh, the worker bees yeah. around there, and so there's a lot more opportunity for entry level housing. Um, they so so my vantage point then becomes I'd have to say the lion's share of my business is occurring in the North County just because I've been up there now for five or six years. And as I look at that, I feel like um, I don't see any slack whatsoever. I don't feel slow. That's not a word that I would choose out of a list of 50 words. If I had to pick all 50, I wouldn't be looking towards slow in any way. The slow only in time or slow San Luis? Um, slow in terms of um, – Basically, how long something's going to sit and how close to the list price it's going to go for and what the level of activity is. Mm-hmm. Um, at Wednesday night at softball, we still play a softball team we've always played on. We got another dude that's – he's probably been with us for like a year or so just as a softball player. And he every week he asks the real yep. estate and mortgage questions. And, and he said, so what's going on in the market? And I said, you know what? From what I can tell, the – the um what i'm going to call the i don't want to say luxury cuz that feels like it belongs in a hollywood movie set but in our county each each town has their own version of what luxury is exactly okay and so in a tascadero this is like something worth more than 800,000 in san luis this is something that's worth more than 1.2 in shell beach this is worth something more than 1.4 okay you start to there's this level so if you're talking that upper end of every market it's slow mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that that's slow you got some time to think go look at it a few times have some conversations selling agent will talk to the realtor talk to the buyer tie everybody plenty of time to sit around talk all about it you go into any one of these markets and again every one of them has a different entry level housing if we wipe the condos off the table and say okay and slow it's 550 and a tascadero it's 410 you know, wherever you go, that market, there's that entry level number. You throw something on in there. It's like throwing a steak in a pond of piranhas in every one of these markets. So, um, and, and, but again, I'm going to say that you, given that your whole, or your vantage point seems to be in slow Pismo, you're, you're already sort of, if we're grading on a curve, you're already sort of the upper, upper echelon of the county. So you're going to err more on that side of things feeling like, um, yeah, there's more time. So, okay. So kind of looking at that, um, I did do some, I, you know, quickly this morning, I, d- I did a few basic numbers on, on the county. Okay. And I'll go kind of go through this because what I found interesting, um, was the similarity in the bottom lines now. Okay. Not so much the, you know, how mm. many homes are over a million or how many homes are under a million, mm. but how, how all the areas are, are, are lining up a little bit. Um, so I'll just, I'll tell you, you know, um, and I'm talking single family detached 
homes only. I'm not talking plan development, condo, mobile, whatever, modular, whatever, okay? So, for instance, a real grandee has 85 homes on the market today. They're basically starting at 500,000, okay? A Tascadero has – so that was 85. A Tascadero has 86 homes on the market, and they basically start at about 400,000. Um, Cambria has 65 homes on the market. They start at about 500. Cayucas has 27 homes on the market. They start at 600. Uh, uh, Los Osos um, has 30 homes on the market. They start at about 500. Uh, Morro Bay has 29 homes on the market. They start at 500. Pismo Beach has 47 homes on the market. They start at 600. Okay, that's kind of the – and then San Luis, and, and I can kind of tell you why I think San Luis is where it is. Uh, you know, for some months now, uh, well, today San Luis has 109 homes on the market, Whoa. which far triple. Is, it's yeah. like triple the yeah, double. For, you know, triple some, double others, um, and basically starting at 600. When I say basically, each one of these different cities or community service districts, you know, if, for instance, ta- you know, if you say Tascadero basically starts at 400, there's probably four or five listings in the 300 range, but basically or mostly it comes up. And um, so I was kind of looking. I, I only did days on the market for a few for a few of the the areas, but um, you know it seems to be a little bit longer. And it doesn't. I, I we see a lot of price drops happening now. The, one of the most interesting things that came up uh, about a month ago. I did the same thing for a staff meeting, and I'm going to say Los Osos had say 30 homes on the market, and in Los Osos. Half of the homes were over a million and half of the homes were under a million. And that kind of shocked me for Los Osos, mm-hmm. okay? Um, bedroom community, um, but Ocean View, uh, maybe not discovered by a lot of people. And I think there's great opportunity if you, you know, if, if you want Ocean View and Hillside and seeing the rock and, and, and other things like that. But so you, you take Los Osos today and, uh, again, they still have about 30 homes on the market, uh, but only 10 are over. A million. So their markets changed in 30 days in the sense that either they've sold some million-dollar homes or those million-dollar homes, as you say, are now dropping in into the nine and 800 range and becoming maybe more affordable just due to market stress and things like that. So, yeah. you know, so I, I, I – but I, what I really found interesting, other than the Tascadero, um, which was 400 on their low end, everybody else is five and 600. So we've had this – you know, it's just interesting to me that all of the areas that we have and everything that at least I've gone through and – 40-plus years of real estate where there were definitely markets that were always less than another, okay? These guys are always less. These are always less. These are always more. Our bottom end now has come within 100,000 of each other. I just I, That's you know, interesting. It is. You know, and and yeah. I, I do this about you know once every six weeks or so just to kind of check it out. But and, and the reason San Luis has more inventory on the market today is because we have development finally going on. And I can tell you at least my experience is once you have development – um, what happens is new homes sell, and so the Rigetti Ranch, the Naveno, uh, you know, they're, they're going to take their share of the market. And why we have inventory is because they allow contingency sales, and so you can have a contingency to sell their home to buy a new home in Rigetti or Naveno. And we were you know, we were asked this question more than once: um, <clears throat> whether or not the new construction of mm-hmm. These various tracks, mm-hmm. and depending on mm-hmm. which year it was asked, was about, you know, some of these tracks are built and sold past now. Um, whether or not this was enough housing to move the needle or if the demand was so great that it would just be absorbed and business as usual. Is there any 
sort of retroactive ability to analyze that today? I, I, I think you're going to have to do a little forward thinking versus retroactive in the sense that the developments that are on the market today aren't, you know, are, are, are very different from San Luis Ranch and Avila Ranch. Um, Rigetti is kind of, you know, what what's happening is the lots become smaller. You know, you have 4,500, 5,000, 5,200 square foot lots. So the densities um, the density is increasing, but the prices are still starting at 750 or 700 uh-huh. or you know something like that. Um, so w- what's happened is the two developments that haven't hit the market yet are the ones that take you know they, they don't have a house larger than 1,800 square feet or something. Okay, so they're they're limited. Uh, the, they, they will give an opportunity first to people that work in San Luis Obispo or the, you know, the areas around uh, probably won't take a lot of investors in the first part. Um, and, and they're just smaller. Um, and, and so, you know, um, can, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. I always worry that that's a, not an honest conversation because it's smaller. It costs less. No, oh. <laughs> the, that's my the idea. No. Um, cause I don't believe it. Look, I was on an advisory committee to, you know, through the chamber a couple of years ago. We, I was on the, you know, the Housing Economic Development Committee. We talk about this and we have these conversations that I thought just weren't honest, you know, about a, a developer's desire to either get a streamlined process or a reduced fee or maybe some favorable viewing of a PUD with reduced lot sizes or parking requirements or whatever, however it all gets talked about in the beginning is to say that this project and then in trade though, we're going to bring it forth offering first to workforce housing, first to residents of the county, first to owner occupants. And if we have trouble moving them, then we're going to open it up to people outside the county, investors to to where it'll be a rental property, things like this. Um, Yet, I don't know of too many examples where there's a deed restriction placed that somehow says that. And so I just are the, is that true? Is that an honest conversation when you're saying and what where's the where's the policing of that? Because for me, and I don't want to upset the development community cuz I I love them. I think they're doing a good thing. I think their margins are compressed. I know it's not popular. Every time I say this on the show, I get hate mail. Um, even from friends, but even people I don't know call me and say that I'm part of the problem. I'll subject myself to it again. Um, but what is really happening in terms of keeping it, you know, because here's the thing. We're going to establish the price point, and we believe we can come out as affordable in these places in 18 months once we build out. And I'm going, nah, BS. I know what you guys do. You're going to look at all the comps in town. You're going to price accordingly. And if the market goes up 8%, you're going to go up 8% too because everybody that got involved, whether they were an investor or a builder, Everybody that got involved wants to make the profit on the transaction because sometimes you don't. Sometimes the market turns and you don't get it. So, well, well okay. So, you know, just sometimes the market get you get it, and sometimes you don't. I worked I, years ago, many years ago. I worked for Stanley Bell, who developed a lot of uh, property around San Luis Obispo, Shell Beach, and stuff. And his one of his sayings was always, you know, you can you go to the the marble game with all your marbles, and you know, at the end of at the end of the day. Sometimes if you get all your marbles back, it's just a good thing because you can play the marble game again. And so I think that that's how, <laughs> you know, and that was one of his favorite sayings. And, and I think that that's true. But I, uh, and we're 
we're getting a signal to take a break, but I would be glad to answer that because I do believe that there is the will for that to happen with just two developments here. It's, you know, Rigetti and it's in particular. was they limiting their market, their marketability and their potential no, profit? Oh, I don't think they're, they're limiting their potential profit. Okay. Maybe their marketability, but you know, and, and we'll see. Okay. Because I, I yeah. agree. There's a lot of discussions that happen. Um, I've worked a lot of developments, and, and one of the questions always is, okay, so if we start today, what, what's our value? Like you say, when our product comes out 18 months from now, what do you think the, the you know what do you think we should be pricing these at? And you kind of go, oh my gosh, you know, if I had that crystal ball, I would be retired with with Jason. You yeah, know, I would just sell time on it. So it's an interesting question to try to answer, but I, I'll give you an example of what I went through. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's do the last break of the show here. Um, Some time to thank the sponsors that helped make the show possible, and then we'll be back in a few minutes here with the rest of Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 the Mortgage Experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number. 328358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. 
Now, back to the show. I would rather talk about... It's cute, Delia. Daylight come and me wango. Also, are you doing Work this? Work all night and I drink a rum. Is this? Are you playing this one because you want to go home, <laughs> or just because we're talking about home? Uh, I want to go home. No, I want to go home. No. I just love this. Nice little scene from the movie here. Uh, all right. We don't have enough time don't to keep letting this go. We're out of time don't here. Don't say his name three times. Copy that. Um, all right. So we talked right through the break, which w- would have been great radio for the people to listen to. Instead, we'll try to go back to where we were then, back which was you said radio. you have a story that's going to help me yes. believe that these claims are genuine, that a developer is going to leave money on the table just to do the altruistic thing of providing more affordable housing for the people within the community. Um, I am ready for this right. story. Okay, so two things happened in my career in development. Okay, one of them, again, is Stanley Bell. Um, he built Villa Rosa here in San Luis. Hmm. And uh, Stan was the first private sector developer that put his own deed restrictions on homes. Okay? So that, first of all, he couldn't sell them for oh, more than I a can s- feel this already. You're going to point out these people that, feel, when, 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 that, that feel a social responsibility the themselves and do something good? So, anyway, <laughs> Dan. The story <laughs> continues. I gotta go out of here. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so Stanley did that on Villa Rosa, and he had eighty-six units. What were and, the restrictions uh, on the purchase price going in and on the sales price going out? But he developed a sales price strategy that, after I think it was after three or four years, there was a percentage increase over the next twenty years of what uh, uh, someone could sell for, and they weren't locked in any any longer into that. Any, any kind of and they never category. sued their way out of it after they bought and realized they were getting ripped off. Sorry. So that has since expired. Those deed restrictions have since expired. I'm they sued, having, didn't they? Uh, they I'm sued. D- no, they nobody sued. I'm gonna sue you on this show <laughs> for interference, like a 15 yard penalty or something. Man, I've never seen anybody that so is. Thinks they're right. <laughs> so it was successful? Yes. When was Villa Rosa? I'm not telling you then. Come on, tell that me. That was new Is back it over? in about 2000. No, it was in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Yeah. Two... So that, that 20-year thing ran its course then, and it, and yeah, it was a healthy have... Yeah, because what, what the idea was that no somebody problem? is going to get a little equity and get themselves out of that affordable um, circle. You know, it's like I, I have to go from affordable product to affordable product. How to come that has been tried on a wider scale then? It feels like it makes sense. Well, it was then, you know, 
Okay, so my next example is going to be the housing authority, who I was lucky enough to be able to work with. Um, they built the Moylan Ter- Terrace development. Oh, okay. right. So I Moylan Terrace, that. again, had 80 units. I remember that, too. And the housing authority had 29 of those 80 units were under the affordable category. Um, but the interesting part was is they, they partnered with the city, and they used the city's shared equity uh, resale provisions. And I can tell you that um, that hit the workforce housing market, um, and I believe um, that the housing authority – now, they're into housing and they're into affordable housing. That's what they do. But out of the 80 units, only 29 were in some sort of affordable category. The rest were market. And they, I believe, could have raised prices across the board for the market units, and they didn't do that. They raised them incrementally on each release. Now, each release would be between 6 and 12 units, depending on you know what phase they were in. Um, and so that's my example. Two things. One is the shared equity program. If you stay in that program at Moylan Terrace after six years, basically, as as an owner and then maybe a seller, you get almost 100% of the equity I have an that you idea have. for you. You guys are familiar with like Glassdoor and these other um, sort of like peer review places, right? Where if you work for a company as an employee, you could post what it's like. What's the culture like? And it's sort of this like accountability environment where – because the employer, right, they they dangle the carrot. They talk about the reviews and the raises and the environment and all that. But if you don't really know what goes on in there – um, you could be hoodwinked into going to work for a company that doesn't feel great. So you get this star rating, right? And it's rated by a verified employee that comes in and says, no, I work there. Let me tell you what it's like. Let me tell you what the culture is like. Let me tell you what it's like when, you know, with deadlines and all this. Thing. Anyway, maybe it's time for San Luis Obispo County to initiate something, like come up with the parameters and you start to rate the developments and the developers, the the community for the companies that are you know choosing to do things like that, and to say, hey, look, these guys actually, when self regulating, we we believe this panel believes they had the opportunity to charge more and didn't. They were tied to affordable housing. They've made that their commitment and. And the dollars at the end actually told the story, reinforced the story. There could be some real benefit to that because if the if the rating was better, maybe that's where you start to, to have this conversation around a, a streamlined review process or reduction in yeah. some of the fees or something like that where, um, no, you're I'm losing you. Yeah. It's like Why? a Yelp thing. You Anybody could then rate it, not even. No, it would have to be by a panel. By a panel of what? Uh, by like the the local, almost like, yeah, I don't want to say city council because I feel like that has some connotation to it, but just a panel of professionals that are, you know, elected or appointed to be able to oversee, you know, you could have some county staff, some city staff, some of the developers, you know, I guess it's just, it's just you. creates the opportunity for people to try to swing the votes or sway the Right, I, I think I think it gets out and around the development. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you that Moylan became kind of a destination development. We had people contacting us, like, when's the next one coming? And well, yeah, because they're selling below market value. Well, they were I just flip below. it. I mean, isn't that how real estate works? Well, you, but the deed you, restriction you know, you, you, didn't you, allow that. No, it there didn't. wasn't. 
Well, on the, the owner occupant. Not Moylan Terrace. Yeah. If the, you bought oh, one of the market units. You could do uh, anything you want with it. Yes. Yeah, so you bought but, equity because of the what? position of the developer. People bought it and they moved into them because we had, there was a non-investor. We wouldn't take offers uh, from non, for from investors. Right. They had to be an owner occupant because investors are not a protected class. I don't know. You may know that or not. But anyway, so you don't really have to. But. Anyway, so it turned out to be, you know, basically almost all owner occupant, and a lot of people still investors are not a protected class. No, understood. Which is what brings us to AB fourteen eighty two, right? It could bring us to fourteen eighty two, which is the statewide rent control. Mm -hmm. If that has anything to do with the resale of Moylan Terrace units, (laughs) so what's the what's going on with fourteen (laughs) eighty two? What's the proposal out there? Uh, The haves and the have nots are at it again. Right. And the public favor is falling for the have-nots who want rent control, right? Yeah. Because it's not fair. Those greedy investors just can't – enough is not enough. They're flying around on their Learjets. They've got maids and people that they're – you know, just living these extravagant lifestyles on the backs of these poor tenants, right? Right. Yeah. It could also be evidence of just the growing expense of housing. Steve, has anybody made the good? Has anybody that. made the good argument yet that, um, I mean, supply and demand is a problem, right? And as long as it's out of whack, you, well, it is. You know, as far as I'm concerned, and, and probably California Association of Realtors and in statements is that it's not really. You know, it, it is a complete supply problem. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, if you want to try to have that yep. argument with anybody, I'd you're you're going to get trashed yes. fast. We can prove it numerically. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and you know, so that being said, because it's so out of whack, and there are real constraints that keep us from balancing it. We go back to the econ one A days of supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible for this market to find a balance because there's true constraints to the supply side that we can't overcome. You can't overcome. Therefore, enter things like AB 1482, right? right? And, and, yeah, and then, I mean, part of the philosophy of putting, you know, a statewide rent cap in place is that it will just discourage more development. You know, the supply won't increase. Right, and that's where I would venture to guess that the real estate community lobbies against this because it keeps the, you know... That fever of real estate is one of the places where, um, you know, the rights are the rights being eroded. Mm -hmm. They're telling us now, you know, zoning is getting farther reaching. It's been that way since the beginning of zoning. But they're telling us now whether or not we can do vacation rental. Next is they're telling us whether or not we can rent it at all. Next, they're telling us whether or not it's suitable renter-grade housing with the mandatory inspections. And then they're going to tell us whether or not we can raise market rents, and if so, how much and when. Um, Is that an erosion of just property rights? Oh, that's a good question. I've not pondered that. Um, I would have to say to, to a certain degree, sure. You know, yeah. because, you know, again, you know, to me, property rights is everything. Um, and, yeah, when you start stepping on that, and, and yeah. So well, like the eroding of it. I mean, sure. look at the American, you know, investor into Mexico, right? Like the parts of Mexico where you couldn't own property. It was just long-term government leases kept the, like, you know, the average investor would say, well, I have nothing to do with that. Right. 
Um, and the reason, I mean, one of the things that makes the U.S. so amazing is that property rights, like from, you know, all the way back to the, the forefathers of the country helping map it and, um, lay it out. But the, the legality of property ownership within this country has been well defined and pretty well understood from its mm-hmm. inception. And that's something that's somewhat unique just given the, the young, um, age of this country. Um, so we see some of these things coming under fire. What I was going to ask you is if anybody's making the sound argument yet, has the sound argument come out that rent control is actually better for the whole economy because of its ability to create the opportunity for the workforce to live and to work and to grow and to change their own economic place. I mean, the other arguments all seem so obvious to me, but this is one. Has anybody figured out how to make this argument well yet? Well, I believe that the people, the proponents think they're making a very good argument for it in, in the sense that, you know, you're, you're locking people out of housing. Okay. So, and, and so there. Yet there are no vacancies. This, yeah. But, you know, some of the problems, if you get into some of the rent control areas, um, I'll just say in the Bay Area, you know, the, in, the inequalities of it, 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 for instance, would be that, you know, they have a rent control unit. Um, there's not a restriction on income to rent it. It's just a restriction on how much it can go up. So, right. I so, met with a lady last week in a Tascadero that lives in a rent-controlled building. She's been in for yeah, 20 years. Yeah. Can I tell you what a sad story this is? You're going to. She just retired from the hospital after 25 years. Okay. She's been renting this place in a Tascadero for 25 years. Her rent is $700 a month because it went up the max every time it could. And so you know what that did? She never bought a house, right. and now she can't afford to. Her retirement is insufficient to buy a house, and she lives. I'm not going to give away where it is or what it is, but the changes of the zoning to the neighbors there have her unable to live there. Right. And the end of our conclusion was you don't make enough money to live anywhere yeah. around this town, renting exactly. or otherwise. Yep. And I said, you need to leave. I, I'm sorry. that the, the, You need to take your money and go to Arizona or go to Florida. You know what the problem with that is? Her kids live here yep. because they bought houses, yep. right? Yep. And now her grandkids are here. And so this, this like keeping her in this pen, believing that this was the best thing for her, has now destroyed that version of retirement for her where this thing would have been nipped. Her housing would have been taken care of, and she wouldn't be forced to stay in the place that is ultimately not good for her. Well, and one of the examples, again, would be um, I'm just, you know, um, somebody with a limited income in a rent control area is up against maybe a Google employee. Yeah. Okay, so, the you know, they're making 150000 somebody else isn't, and credit's good and all of these things. And so, you know, the, the Google employee, and I'm not trying to put down Google or anything, but that employee then gets the rent-controlled home because of yeah. their ability to pay and their, right. and their credit and all of those kind of things. So, yeah. there, you know, there's that side of the argument as well. But, sure. you know, I, you know I, I do give credit to the people trying to figure it out. I just don't know if rent control is the way to go. But yeah, I but really it's a, it, it really is a complicated yeah. and really deep, deep. Yeah, Sorry, you get into the weeds so. of it. There's so many parts and the compassion too, right? Yes. For the, like you, we want yes. a level playing field. Everybody should have the right to that pursuit of 
of liberty and happiness. I mean, we get it. Um, but it, what a complicated issue. I so I, I do my I, I appreciate the people that really are I do too. Um, taking up that yep. fight and and waging yep. it. So I do too. So. Um, anyhow, Steve, thank you. Hey, well, thanks you. Thank you. Always good to have you on. Yeah. Lively yeah. conversation. I really appreciate, it. and you seem to enjoy it. I do. I mean, you asked to come on here. I know, today. but I knew Dan was going to be here. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I yielded my if, time. If you, <laughs> want, if you guys want to reach out to Steve, um, you can contact us. I'll put you in touch. We don't have time for your phone number. Um, 805-801-5165. And yet we did. Um, if you want us, find us on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it.